Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Kyle Guerra. Marler, debates down south. And you know what? We made up a freaking debate because yeah. we can do that. We have the power. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Should Auburn even be in the SEC? <laughs> welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, I'll just go ahead and warn everybody. Welcome into the Thunderdome. I've been listening to Taking Back Sunday music all morning. I had not one but two memes stolen today to start my Monday off. I'm fired up and ready to go. And now we're going to argue about Bama football. Shout out to Busted Coverage. Thanks for coming up with your own content, JK. Uh, You actually didn't. 100,000 followers. Didn't want to make up your own content. Whatever. It's arguably more difficult to screenshot someone else's content, then crop their face or their name or both out of it, and then use it as your own. You know what? Just got to tip your cap sometimes when they have the... Rise and grind. Yeah. Money never you know sleeps. <laughs> so today, the debate that we're going to look at is who had the better modern era repeat? Florida basketball in 2006-2007 or Alabama football 2011-2012? Now, this debate is unique in part because we made it up and in part because this is actually, if there is a homer versus homer debate than we could possibly have this is it and i say that because our our entire audience knows that you you are a diehard bama fan and, and okay. we get that i don't like you saying that i'm a homer about it because i can be reasonable. no 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 okay. here's what i'm saying here's what i'm saying it is it is your team no matter what that yeah. is your ride or die right so like in high school and i've said this on our airwaves before but for those who don't know I loved 2006-2007 Florida so much because when I was 16 years old, you know, keep in mind this is when you're like a snot-nosed kid, you want to be right about everything, you think you're right about everything. That was was when I was 14, yeah. Yeah, 14 through like 22, yeah, something like that. (laughs) For me at least, I don't know about you. But at this point in my life, you know, I didn't really have like a yearly college basketball team or anything like that, so I remember watching Florida in the SEC tournament and I, for, I think I was homesick from school or something like that, so I watched way more of it. And I watched so much Florida, and I became obsessed with this team in 2006. And I told my brother, I'm like, Florida's going to win it all. I don't care like what seed they are or whatever. They're the number three seed in the NCAA tournament. I picked them to win it all. I got crap. So I, I got so much crap from, from people like classmates, people in my bracket pool, all that stuff. And Florida became the team that I defended and I rooted yeah. for. And obviously Wasn't I doubled Illinois down Illinois ranked number one in the country in 2005? It was, it was the year before. Yes, the yeah. year before. And then they fell off the face of the earth because, I mean, they basically God. lost. I know, you know so Darren much about college basketball. Yes, you do. You are a savant. They lost in the national championship to yeah. UNC, but um, I didn't really have like a yearly team. So I, I fell in love with Florida. I, I really, really did. And because Florida was at the top of this, you know, the top of the college sports world during this time, I had actually said, look, if I lived south of the Mason-Dixon, which I did not, I was living yeah. in the suburbs of Chicago, I would want to go to Florida. Florida has an incredible journalism school, all those different things. So I want to throw that out there as well because no I know that people... No way you would have got it in, though. No way I would have gotten in. I'm way too dumb for that. But I would have been more motivated had I been able to be like, yeah. hey, look, this is an option. Shout out to my alma mater, Indiana, who still accepted me and loved me despite the fact that I did not have a 4.0. What's that like, Ron? Love. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Now, here's the thing. And this, this is, we'll get this out of the way early. The reason why I got defensive about that, I, I am a, a thousand percent a Bama fan. What I hate is when it's, and I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, it's usually 
Georgia fans that want to get mad about literally anything that pops up on the internet that doesn't say, Georgia's the best, Georgia's going to win it all, blah, 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 Kirby Smart. That's fine. It's fair. I get it. I'm a fan, too. Part of it, guys, I'll just say right now, one of the things that makes me so great on here is that oh I am a fan. Is that I am a fan, so I get where you're coming from. However, I hate when people are like, well, you just, you ever, everything you say is because you're a homer. Like, oh, you too. You too, guy. So right. this will be fun because, and this is going to blow your mind. This is going to blow your mind. It's like, it's like some of you. You can still be a fan and, hold on here, be objective. What? Right? If right. you don't know what that means, you should definitely Google it and then, and then put it in your pocket and carry it around with you forever. Let's get started on the debate. <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there just because, yeah, right. Like I, I have so few times to actually say, hey, this is a team that, yeah. that I legitimately rooted for, and, and I did back in the day, and I remember this team so, so well. So we, we wanted to discuss something like this in part because no team in either college basketball or college football has repeated since these two respective teams did that. If you look at the 30 years... One of them pro- did it more recently than the other. I just want to throw that out there. There's the homer. There's the homer coming out. I love it. <laughs> so in the 30 years prior to Florida's repeat, Duke was the only repeat winner. In the 30 years prior to Alabama's repeat, 94-95 uh, Nebraska, and then 2004-2005 USC, only repeat winners. This is the more interesting thing. And I didn't realize this until I actually did the numbers. In the 30 years prior to Florida's repeat, 20 schools won the NCAA tournament. In the 30 years prior to Alabama's repeat, 20 schools were recognized as national champs. Interesting. It, it is, when you look at just, just that dynamic. So you know what? There's actually some legs to this, and I know that this hasn't been discussed in the same way that 2004 Auburn or Darren McFadden's Heisman campaign. I know that it hasn't been discussed like that. But you know what? Yeah. We're going to do that today. We're going to do well, that Well, and today. The, thing, the thing that makes this fun is that as we learned the hard way after doing the Auburn debate, it doesn't matter sometimes how much actual stats, facts, and information you look up to support an argument. Sometimes SEC fans will just still tell you you're wrong. And that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Um, but th- this one, I thought this was interesting for a number of reasons. Um, the, the fact that you brought, like you, you, this was your idea to do this, by the way, and I'm, I'm not saying that in like a bad way at all. This, I was just fired up as soon as you brought this idea because it's so unique and so, not random, but just so unique. So I, I think there's a lot of, um, I, I, as soon as you said it, I already had my mind kind of made up of, of what I thought was, which I thought was more difficult. Um, unlike the Auburn thing from last week, because I had the same thing already, kind of like preconceived ideas, like. And then we mind. both changed our minds. We yeah. both changed our minds. So I, I was, I'm fired up for this one because it's just, it's fun to think of one, how great these teams were, each of them, um, and then two, the difficulties of trying to do this in modern collegiate athletics is, is so a lot tough. harder than people understand. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Also, you said this earlier when you said you were homesick watching, like Florida basketball. My freshman year of high school, I actually got uh, suspended from school Sick for, brag. Something, for something. <laughs> and uh, I was a terrible person. My freshman year was awful. But I got suspended from school Thursday and Friday. And oh. it, I remember it was, I was devastated. It was early March or mid-March, and I was devastated because I was a freshman on the baseball team. I had already had a lot of issues with my head coach, like just like for varsity and for freshmen. And I was like, I'm going to get kicked off the team. I'm going to transfer schools. This is going to be the worst. Turns out everything was okay, and then on top of that, I got suspended for the first two days of March Madness, and it was awesome. 
It was awesome. That's the dream. That yeah. is the dream right there. doesn't get there much go. better than that. So before we dig into this debate, Marler, you need to tell us about our friends at Bet Online because you, my friend, are just rolling in the, the poker dough. I know a lot of people are waiting for a stimulus check, guys. And that's fine. That's a good idea. I'm glad we're all getting that. However, I want to tell you right now, take the opportunity to go earn your own stimulus check, okay? Or just take the stimulus check you get and go put it on Bet Online. I don't care how that sounds. I've, I had a, a very good day playing poker. I had a really good weekend, to be honest. I won two tournaments. I'm up a little bit more than my stimulus check is supposed to be for. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just showing that you can do it too, guys. Go to Bet Online today. Go start a poker account. You don't hear the clicks right now. There we go. I'm raising. I'm raising. No, I'm not playing poker during the podcast. I only do that on Casual Friday podcast. But regardless, you should go online. Go to betonline.ag, set up an account today, go play poker. Honestly, we could probably set up our own poker games and, and, and tournaments with the uh, the audience. I'm pretty sure like in sit and goes and stuff like that if we wanted to. So go over there today, start an account. It's a lot of fun. Now, this is a side note. I have to get this off my chest. And this is still helping with our friends from Bet Online. You got a lot of carpenter bees down there? No. no. Okay. God, do you know what carpenter bees are? They don't sound very nice. They're awful. So they're they're not like bees that like sting you. So there's like the big fat, big old fat bees, as Forrest Gump would say. Chonk. Chonk bees. There you go. So we have them everywhere around our house. And what they do is they burrow into the wood and make these little holes and then and like make a little home. So one of the things I'm going to be doing with all the money that I've been making at Bet Online is killing these carpenter bees. So go out, win some money, and kill some carpenter bees as well, guys. That's all I wanted to say. How do you get that off my chest? Bet online. That was, that was deep, insightful, very insightful. Is that the Carpenter Bee joke? Uh, yes. So yes. I will say the funniest thing of the weekend, because I was like, I was in a great mood all weekend because I won those two tournaments. Um, Allie said she went outside to go spray some of this like Carpenter Bee killer in the bee hole. Mm. So I, thought was, I thought that was pretty funny. That was good. That's, that's and with a... that, let's start the pod. <laughs> How old are we? I'm going to be 30 really, really soon. We're, oh, yeah, we're running are. out of time to be able to, to laugh at these jokes. But when, hey, Wait, hold on. When do you turn 30? I'm turning 30 two April. days before you turn 34. Yeah. Birthday oh, week, remember? Good birthday week. Yes, it's coming yeah. up. I'm a, we're a month wait. away. I know. It's really, really soon. Really Let's soon. Let's do this. All right. What were people saying at the time when Florida repeated, when Alabama repeated? The challenge, and I want to get ahead of this, the challenge when you look at Alabama in 2012 is that a lot of people were saying at the time the three and four. For the sake of this argument, we're just going to talk about the repeat. We're not going to talk about 2009, as impressive as that was, because for my money, if, if we're talking about three and four compared to Florida's two, Alabama probably takes it just because you're talking about three championships in four years, something that is so unbelievably difficult to do in college football. And I'm not sure that it'll be done for a very long time, even though Clemson came close, yeah. USC came close as well. But I don't think it's something that like we can really compare to, to repeat basketball championships. Yeah. And, and see, and the thing is, what you're not even mentioning there, Connor, is you know the year prior to that, when, when Bama enters the SC championship game as the number one team in the country at 12-0, that 2010 season where it's arguably even more, more talented, they didn't make. They didn't win the national championship. And then the 2013 season, losing on a kick six, that was the only thing that kept Bama away from going to another national championship. So just so we're all clear, <laughs> I don't. We're talking a minimum eight, Pete. Just two years. Just two okay. years. We're gonna focus on. And then with Florida, 
what people were saying after 2007, and understandably so, this is the first time we've ever seen in Division One basketball and football champions in the same year. An absurd accomplishment. But yeah. for the sake of this argument, we're not going to factor that into the equation. We are strictly going to look at Florida basketball 2006, Florida basketball 2007, and compare it to Alabama in 2011 and 2012. Yeah. On Florida, Pete Thamel, New York Times, he's with Yahoo now. Did um, I pronounce his name? I think so. Same. I think so. I've always thought it was the Mel. Anyways, anywho, anyway. uh, Pete, uh, good old Pete, he, uh, he wrote in the first paragraph of his New York Times article, had arguably the best team since John Wooden's days at UCLA. That's letting you know kind of what we're, what we're dealing with here. Right. Billy Donovan, Corey Brewer, Thad Mata, Ohio State coach, all said in that story, an all-time great team, deserves to be remembered as such. What was so unique about this Florida team, though, was it was the first team to ever repeat with the same starting five. And everybody remembers the the pep rally that they had after 2006, yeah. five days after they won that national championship. And Al Horford is getting up there and says, we're coming back. Joking Noah steals the microphone. It's this really cool scene, which makes me wonder, between that and Tebow, I think Florida has the best I'm coming back announcements in terms of college athletics in each sport basketball and football um of anyone is i don't even who, know how to compare that but yes uh, yeah anyway. i'm just i'm just gonna unofficially throw that out there and say that they they own that title in both it would have been awesome if they would have done like a, i'm coming home no i don't think that song was out yet p diddy was point. a little a little bit later um yeah. but you know brewer and noah and horford they all could have been first round picks and they announced that they're they're coming back Joakim noah would have been the number one overall pick had he come out after yeah, that that's sophomore that's year. crazy too because he, I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't great, but if you've watched, so if you've watched the actual documentary about them, um, what was it called? It's on SEC Network. Uh, Repeat after us. Yes, and if you if you've watched the actual um, pod or I'm sorry, doc on that, it's it's really interesting because of just how good those teams were, um, and you didn't really know, or like like how talented they were, and you almost didn't know it at the time. You know what I mean? Because no one did play as a young. freshman. Yeah, right. Like that's the crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, he was he was sick, and he he really didn't heat up until he had this unbelievable march. But you know, so Noah has you know the number one pick thing that he turns down, and Horford would have been a first round pick. Corey Brewer would have been a first round pick, and his dad was really really sick. And yeah. Florida fans kind of knew about this, and it was like you know Corey Brewer, that's somebody who could really use the money and go to the NBA and have a good career, and he's you know still trying to make it in the NBA like after like after all these years, which is incredible. Right. Um, and so all of these he, he guys a, though, he was my favorite player. From he this was, team, he was he was college Scottie Pippen. That's For me, I mean, he was watching like swing him, that's what three, he was. basically, right? Is that a thing that people say? Best defender in the country, easily, yeah. easily. Um, so all these guys, though, to announce them coming back, this felt unique because this was also the after the first year that the one and done was put in place, where you had right. to go to college, and that's why guys like Greg Oden and Kevin Durant went to college. Right, and and you and you got and Michael Beasley and and like all these guys, Derek like, Rose, yeah, Derek Rose. Like you talk about like this was the height of that though, because this is this is. I remember filling out my bracket and putting Texas going all the way. Was that two thousand eight? No, that was two thousand seven, because that okay. was the so, year that Odin was there and and, and Durant <sighs> was the number two overall pick. Yeah. So I remember having them going, and then you also had the Akeem Thabit from Georgetown. There's a lot of talent. We talked about this before, didn't we? 
I don't know if we've talked about Hashim Sabit before. No, we talked about we talked about like all the the draft picks though. What was that? That was about? Roy Hibbert. That was Roy Hibbert's year. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, but either way, there was Hashim Sabit was a Yukon. Uh, Yukon. Yeah. yeah. But so there was um there was just a lot of talent out there, and I remember like some of the teams they beat. Like you look at that UCLA team with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love. And we'll get more into it later, but that that Texas team with Durant, I was like, this is the best college player I've ever seen. Which is a, definitely a stretch, and he wasn't the best college player probably of all time. But like for my young eyes, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is dominant. So you had this like kind of influx of of young talent, but it was it was spread out all across the country. You didn't have this right. influx of like this was as close to you would you would think as what would become like those those super teams that like LeBron started in the NBA. Does that make sense? Like where you have like like the the big three. Actually, but they kind of all, what was unique is that they all developed together. And right. they made this this decision to all want to come back and run it back. And Tareen Green and, and Lee Humphrey, who just made another three by the time I finished the sentence. For real. I, that dude was unconscious. Um, I, I, I was so, you know, on board with this team in 2006. In 2007, you know, it, it's a different year because obviously they're the number one team coming into the year. Then they lose two early games. And it's like, you know, a bit of a grind for a little bit. They had the 17-game winning streak, but they lost three of four games in late February by double digits to unranked teams. And that was kind of heading into, you know, the SEC tournament when they're just supposed to be kind of, you know, when they when they caught fire the previous year. Right. And it's like, is this team going to do it? Are they? I don't know. And then they figured out in the SEC tournament. And But at the same time, you know, it's this year in which Joakim Noah was – Kind of like uh, that generation's Christian Leitner. That's the way that he was treated. Yeah. That people, sucked. People hated him. People yeah. hated him. And, you know, he had the, the scuffle with the cheerleader at Kentucky where she, like, waved her pom-poms in his face. She totally instigated it, by the way. Yeah. That was definitely on her. But, you know, he was just this vilified guy. And it was so much different for him that year. And it was different for Florida, being in this role where uh, it's not just fun all the time. It's these high expectations and why aren't you scoring this much on this night and all that stuff. And Pat Forty wrote a great feature on Noah when they got to the Final Four about just how much he learned in that year and how, you know, he really struggled with that. And that yeah. was something that became a big storyline throughout that 2007 season. And it wasn't like they were just dominating and it was boring. They sort of had to figure out how to be the team that was, you know, being getting everybody's best shot all the time. So that's what was different about that 2017. Yeah, it was it was fun either way because the 2016 well, one. I just this sounds crazy, and I'm sure in Florida fans, I don't mean any offense by this. I didn't remember, I didn't realize how dominant Billy Donovan was at Florida. I didn't realize he was there for that long. First off, Billy Donovan though, to that point, was the guy who couldn't win the big one. Right. And he had lost in the national fours, championship, right? had been to the final fours before, but it was kind of like, yeah, when's he going to get over that hump? I don't, yeah. I don't know. He's kind of running well, out of time to be able to be that guy. The 99 team that ended up going to the final four, they had to survive on a last, I believe this is right. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, didn't they have to survive on a last second shot um, in the five versus 12 matchup? Because they were a five seed. Didn't they, I, was that 99 or was that 2000 2001? Because, Might have been 2000, or 2001. I think it was 2000. 2000 okay. That game was at the United Center. My brother was at that game, really? ironically enough. Because it was against Creighton, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It was Kyle Korver back in the day. Was um, it really? Yeah, I believe so. I could I could be wrong on that, but God, can I you imagine believe how so. skinny Kyle Korver looks back then? Just I don't Jim think he was that with I, a jump shot. I don't think he was that bad that back okay. then. Fair but enough. um yeah, that team was the team in 2006 just followed a, a totally different tone than 2007. And this speaks to how difficult it really is 
to go through that grind and to repeat and to do so in college yeah. basketball. In college football, Let's get it was it. a it was a different story for Alabama. 2011 was a year everybody remembers because it fueled the playoff system. Bama gets this rematch of the game of the century with LSU. And there was this national public divide between boring, boring SEC, all defense versus this is amazing. It's a debate that people are still having, whether or not it was entertaining or whether or not it was just a total snooze fest. I want you, so I want you to read, because I will I will defend this 2011 team. And honestly, going back, and, and Auburn fans, you're, you're going to hate me at the end of this, okay? Because this 2011 LSU team, they are the actual team that was was the best team to never win a national championship. Resume-wise, it's not even effing close for debate. They beat eight ranked teams that season in 2011. They did so by an average of 22 points per game. And that those wins include road trips to Morgantown, West Virginia, where they beat the brakes off of West Virginia, and I believe a Noel Devine team, I think. Actually, Noel Devine was probably gone by then. Actually, definitely was gone. Um, and then um, also a, uh, a game in Dallas to start the year against Oregon, who was, I believe, in the top 10, top 5? Sure, why not? Yeah. That seems about right for that Chip Kelly era. Yeah. Yeah, read, so read, read the quote, please. Okay, so this was from... This is from after Alabama beats LSU 21 to nothing in the national championship. Now, obviously, there had been this divide going in about, you know, 11 and one teams. Should it be Alabama? Should Didn't it be Oklahoma their State? Should it be Should it be Oklahoma State or should it be Stanford? All of whom had the same record. Nobody had won a conference championship game. But after this game, though. This was from the AP story. Not just like, hey, this is a columnist. I need to make sure that that's understood. This is from the AP game story. I'm going to read this oh, yeah. to you in its entirety, this, this, this line, because there is just sass on sass on sass in this thing. Okay. While the crimson-clad fans will remember it as a thing of beauty, Alabama erased any doubts that it deserved to be in the title game over another one-loss team like Oklahoma State or Stanford. Then again, one of those teams might have actually scored a touchdown before Alabama finally did with 4.36 left in the game, long after fans may have flipped to something more entertaining than a one-sided kicking contest. Oh. Amazingly, the Southeastern Conference powerhouses played twice in a span of about two months and never got one of those things worth six points. You know, touchdowns, until Trent Richardson broke off a 34-yard run with 4.36 remaining. It only took 150 15 minutes, 34 seconds, plus the overtime period of their first meeting. End quote. Go off. It was the single greatest defense in the history of college football. And if you think that is an overreaction, if you think that I am embellishing or I am just saying it because Bama won, you are out of your GD mind, and I will go off, and I don't care how any of this sounds. I'm not going to cuss, Will, I don't think. But let, uh, just allow, just lend me your ear for however long this takes. This defense, first off, they went up against an LSU defense that was ranked, <gasps> gasp, second in the country in total yards allowed per game with 261 yards per game. Now, 
This Bama defense, this Bama defense in 2011 that I said was the greatest defense in the history of college football, they led the country in every major statistical category that you could. Rushing defense, scoring defense, total yards. You know how many total yards allowed they gave? You want to take a guess? To LSU? To total, total. I, are you talking about per just game. the LSU game? No, oh, I'm per not. Game. Per oh, game. Okay. Um, 183. 183. What? Sorry. I was gonna guess like one. I was gonna guess like 190 if I had a chance. But all right, go ahead. Continue. Okay, 183 yards per game, which is like there hasn't been anyone under 220 in. in I don't even know how long. That is astronomically low. Let's go. You know what? Let's go on over here to rushing yards. 60. I, th- I believe it was 63. Hold. On, I should have wrote all this down. God, I'm so fired up right now, Connor. Hold on. Here we go. Rushing yards allowed per game. 72. That means passing, they gave up 111. They had double the amount of interceptions and the touchdowns they allowed the entire season. And their points per game, you want to, you want to take a wild guess how many points how many points they allowed per game? 8.6. 8.6. What about, what about to Georgia Southern? That's it. I'm glad you asked, Connor. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked because in that game, in that game, it's the only time anyone all season scored more than 14 points against them. They scored 21. It's also the only time... Oh, my mom's beeping in. Not now, Mom. It's also <laughs> the only time all season they allowed anyone to gain more than 300 total yards. 300 total yards. And when you look at the schedule and you look at the, like the, the total games played, that game and the game at Penn State, a national blue blood on the road in the second week of the season... Those two teams out of the total, I'm sorry, 13 they played, those two teams are the only two teams to gain over 250 yards. This team, this team was so loaded on defense. I understand they went up, again, they didn't score a touchdown until late, and they, they missed five field goals. Five, no, I'm sorry, four. It was a four or five. Either way, too many. <laughs> At home in the game of the century. I put a hole through a wall that night. It's the last time I've done something like that. I was not happy. But that being said, there's no way you could look at these two teams and actually think Alabama didn't deserve a shot at the repeat in 2011. And if you do, I'll just say it. You're an idiot. You're an idiot if you actually think that. And here is the other reason why, Connor. The two other teams you said, I'm, I'm on a roll. The two other teams you said, you said Stanford and Oklahoma State. Here's Stanford's resume. They played a total of, before the bowl game, two ranked teams. Southern Cal, who they beat by eight, and also number four, Oregon, okay? Who they lost to, they lost to by 23 points. 23 points. That's why they didn't play in the Pac-12 championship. That's why they didn't play in the Pac-12 championships. Also why they didn't deserve a shot at the national championship. Oh, let's go back to Oklahoma State. That Oklahoma State team we just talked about, how good were they? Because that was a team that everyone wanted to see. They had, who was the receiver they had, Connor? Uh, was it Justin Blackman? I think it was Justin Blackman. They also had Chris Winkie Jr., a 39-year-old quarterback Whedon. named Brandon Whedon, who got drafted in the first round by the, the Cleveland Browns. Here is their resume. They played three ranked teams. Three ranked teams, okay? None of them inside the top 10. The highest ranked team they played was number 13, Baylor. This is where they ended the end of the season. And they lost to an unranked Iowa State team on the road in front of a nationally televised audience on a Friday night. And you want to sit here as a respected journalist from the the AP or as a fan from around the country and tell me you think that either one of those offenses 
Either one of those teams deserve to get in because Bama didn't win as pretty against a much tougher schedule. Get your and get out of my life. Here ended the lesson. So how do you really feel about this? I this this <laughs> argument makes me so mad because it's it's like there are people that get paid to do this for a living. And they actually believe that Oklahoma State deserved to get in. I, if you want to make the argument they would have made for a more fun game, you are a thousand percent right. There's nobody in the country that wanted to tune in and watch Alabama not allow LSU to cross the 50-yard line until six minutes left in the game. However, if you're going to sit here and tell me they didn't deserve to be in because they lost by three in overtime to a team that beat eight ranked teams, get your and get out of my life. There was this frustration, this Bama fatigue already in 2011, and then we saw it again in 2012 because Bama, even though it actually came into both title games as number two in the country, people forget that. Um, the amazing thing is that there Wait, was this, what? yeah, oh, in were, 2011, 2012, yeah, 2011 and 2012, they were they were number two in the country. Oh God, there was this this overwhelming feeling that. Bama was responsible for giving us two boring national championship games. How dare them. And it was like, we're going to take this away from, from Bama because they did it in a way that didn't entertain us like 2019 LSU. It wasn't, like, clown. it wasn't like 2001 Miami. It had a different sort of feel to it. It wasn't even 2005 USC with a player like Reggie Bush who could just take over on offense and was so electric and so worth watching. And Bama did it in a way that frustrated people because it was considered boring. And people were very upset that they were bored. That was such a big thing. And the reason that it fueled this playoff system was because we're getting boring football. And we can't have boring SEC football be the thing that we all are talking about when there's big money and big and revenue I, on the line in the national championship. And, bro, I tell you what, I tell you what. If you're telling me, and you should never make the case where they have the best loss. I totally agree with you on that. We've talked about this before. We talked about this year with, with the Bama resume. It, it, it's inappropriate to make that argument to say they have the best loss. When you have three teams, right? You have three teams that all have, okay, that all have, um, Bama played two teams that finished in the top five this year in 2011. <laughs> well, if you include LSU, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah well, they, and they played them twice, so... But like, and they played Arkansas and beat the brakes off Arkansas by 24 points. Right. So they had the like, and you you brought this up to your defense. They had the best win, and they also had the best loss. But when you when you're telling me when you're looking at these teams and you're saying, hmm, who deserves to get in? I guarantee you, if you look at Alabama and say, hey guys, here's what you got to do. Now, that LSU game is be tough. If you can just get by Iowa State, if you can just if you can just eke one out against Iowa State. We're gonna put you in the playoff. I like I, it's the same thing I said with Minnesota this year or whoever else. Like, bro, I would love to play that schedule. I would love like I say what you want about Bama's schedule last year or whatever else. I would love to play that schedule. And then they 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 honestly tried to keep them out of it by saying like I sound like Dabo. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Minnesota was still gonna to have to beat Ohio State on a neutral side Very true. for that to happen. Very but, true. Yes. Um, the second game against Notre Dame was so boring that it delivered us. An all-time moment in the history of the internet. Brent Musburger, Catherine. <laughs> oh my! People, if you're a that, young man in Alabama, go guys, go strap on and be a quarterback. My goodness, bro. He was, he was hitting on on uh, on AJ McCarron's mom too, wasn't he? I, that, I would. That's have. what was that's name? that's the loss in the shuffle thing. I would know it. It's not like Dee Dee. What was it? It is Dee Dee. It is, is Dee Dee. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
Oh, it's sad that I remember that. Um, oh, DD. That was 14 to nothing in the middle of the first quarter, and we we're already Bro. getting moments like this. Th- that game was a laugher. I woke up at 10:30 over. the next day. I had a nine o'clock meeting at my sa- I'm sorry, an 8:30 meeting at my sales job, and I turned off my phone, didn't know what to do, and that's the, the story I told you about where I had already pre, I'd already set aside all my clothes for the next day because I knew the band was gonna win. Yep. yep. And so I, I walked in, pretend, like just hoping no one knew where I had been like hungover and asleep and I and I stumble in smelling and looking like trash and I'm just wearing houndstooth pants and damn elephant tie like an idiot. <laughs> Did not keep that job for much longer. I remember watching that game and it was uh it was like dollar bowling night. They had the local bowling alley by us had dollar dollar games and dollar beers on yep. Monday nights. And it was incredible. And when I was living at home before, you know, getting my job after college, we took advantage of that. And I remember being upset that night that we got such a boring game and yeah like you know everybody in the midwest is rooting for notre dame and that was kind of the story and everybody's falling in love with this manti teo thing it didn't come out until afterwards about the the fake girlfriend the hoax all that stuff but you know notre dame was kind of this this team that was considered more exciting because obviously they hadn't won a national championship since 1988 hold on hold on hold on hold on they were considered more exciting for absolutely no reason they were a defensive-focused team that got through so many of these games by just squeaking I it will, out. I will never, ever, ever, ever... Wait, did I forget this incorrectly? Where is Where is the damn game? They played Purdue. I thought this was... What was the game they won 19-16, to 16, I thought, in, in triple overtime? It might have been against Pitt. It might have been against Pitt where they won... It says... Okay, I was wrong. I've been saying this wrong for years now that I've, I've realized it. Dang. They won 29 to 26 against Pitt in triple overtime. Yep. Triple overtime. How do you only score 29 points? And you want to talk about Bama was Bama was boring. They also played a Michigan team who was ranked that beat them or they and they beat them 13 to 6. Bama won against them in the first game of the year 41 to 14. People forget that. People do forget that. And this whole thing so what pissed me off about this is I hate Notre Dame. This could not have been a more dream into the season for me because Everyone knows where I live. We all remember the 2012 SEC Championship game. That was an incredible game. It was an incredible game. I, I, I legitimately teared up after that game. I went to Catholic school and was kicked out of Catholic school in sixth grade. Another sick brag, yep. Another sick brag. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, like the, the amount of degenerateness coming out of my mouth in this is, is so bad. But So I got kicked out of Catholic school. I, I, never, liked, I never liked Rudy. I never liked Notre Dame. I, I, hated, I hated these people, to be honest. And it was so easy to see how average this team was. And, and I remember when people got mad, I just started laughing hysterically at all these people that, that were like, this is, this is a boring game. We should have never, you know, blah, blah. Like, it, you know, Bama lost. They should never been in there. It's like, bro, y'all are the ones that put Notre Dame up on this pedestal all season and thought they were good. It's not our fault they were trash and would have lost to half the SEC. We asked that question, I think, with every single debates down south slash it just meant more that we do is how many how many SEC teams would have beat 2012 Notre Dame. This Bama team was viewed in such a different way than Florida was at the end of its repeat. Bama wasn't viewed as this celebrated team nationally. It was almost like the Tim Duncan Spurs. How could you? Boring, not necessarily this team that you, you must see. I mean, the most must-see moments of this team, Catherine Webb, and then Barrett Jones pushing AJ McCarron when it's 42 to 14 and McCarron is going Saban mode during you know during this game. 
Bama's the program that has the coach who gets gets visibly frustrated in 2009 when he gets you know, hit with the Gatorade cooler and he's mad and he can't he can't even smile and, when he gets doused with Gatorade. Said? You remember why? You remember why he got mad? You remember what he said afterwards? It's such just savage Saban. They still had to finish off the drive, right? No, no, it was over. It was over. He said, I don't know if you guys noticed, but our guys hit pretty hard. I mean, they game. did. That's the game where they knocked Colt McCoy out. They, they did, in their defense. that was. I watched the replay of that this morning, and it was not a light uh, tap on the shoulder that Saban got. No. It was a full, like, how they it, didn't stop their momentum a little bit there. I, something to blame, but still, Saban deserved. is known. Saban was known as this robotic-like figure then, and that is why they were not celebrated in the same sort of way. And we're, instead, instead of appreciating the dominance, which... It's gonna the same thing's gonna happen with Greg Popovich and those Spurs teams, yep. and it'll happen with Alabama. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something that 15, 20 years after the fact, we'll look back and we'll be like, yeah, that stands the test of time. But in the heat of the moment, could not have been a more different national reaction for these two programs. Dude, we're we're a decade removed, almost a decade fully removed from this national championship that we're talking about, and you will still to this day, to this day never find a 2012 or a 2011 Alabama team listed on any of the greatest of all time list. And a lot of you will say, well, yeah, they should have been. They lost, they lost the game. I remember this stat. This, this is before, like, you take, out, you take out the loss to Bo Wallace. You take out the loss to Swag Kelly. And you start looking at these losses from 2008 on that are like, you lost to, a, uh, you lost to, an undefeated Utah team, right? Were they undefeated in 2008? Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, they might have one loss. Either way. You lost to a Heisman Trophy winner in Tebow in 2008. 2010, you lost to a Heisman Trophy winner in Cam Newton. 2012, your loss, a Heisman Trophy winner in Johnny Manziel. 2011, your loss was to the then number one team in the country that finished number two. The losses they had were so minuscule and minor compared to, or if you want to look at a different way, impressive compared to the other losses from around the country, but they got held to such a worse standard because they were Alabama and they were so boring that people could, like, you want to talk about, like, it's not a homerism against Bama, but the ultimate bias at this time was against Bama. And it's like, that. think about the stats I just said about that 2011 team. Four, four teams scored over double digits. You, you get to nine, nothing. Somehow, someway, Bama hits three field goals. Game over. That's outrageous. Bama, Bama in a two-year stretch allowed three teams to hit 15 points. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. One of which was an FCS team. Just throwing that out there. Reminder. I'm, I'm a little mad at you, though, for not including Steven Garcia, our boy, in uh, that yeah, category. Yeah, that was tough. How dare you? Everybody forgets <laughs> about Steven. I'm just throwing out the, <laughs> don't say it like that. Everyone forgets about Steven. No, but I'm saying like you look at those those losses and you're like, wow. Like that's I mean, you really think think about like what special circumstances it took to lose or to beat that yeah. team, those teams. And that's just I'm not trying to say it to be like I there's no way you can look at these teams and be like like I don't want to dabbo Swinney this and be like, well, they don't get enough credit. It is weird when you really break down these numbers, you're like, hold up, eight point two points per game, hundred and eighty three yards per game, and they're not ever considered like they were a great team because they lost by three in overtime to LSU after four missed field goals. Like, what, what kind of state? I, I wish people had standards like that. Well, I don't wish people had standards like that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We already covered one of the worst takes that you can have about this debate, which is, as you have already outlined in depth, we don't need to go back to it. <laughs> Sorry. The worst, one of the worst takes you can have is Alabama shouldn't have played for the 2011 title because it had already lost to LSU. Um, yeah, you already, we hit on all this stuff. Don't need to go into yeah, all this. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, the other really bad take you can have about this argument, if you were just looking at this at the surface level, and maybe you're responding to this on Twitter or something like that, and you're just coming up with your first knee-jerk reaction, whatever mm-hmm. it is, Florida lost a bunch of regular season games and Alabama didn't. That's so stupid. <laughs> here's, here's the problem with that, just in case you don't know why yeah. that's a problem. Basketball, very different than football. I realize that we're debating the two and we're comparing both resumes, but it's pretty well known that the last undefeated team in college basketball was 1975-76 Indiana. Um, Been a long time since that's happened. In that stretch, we have had 27 undefeated college football national champs since then. Yeah. I mean, college basketball, they play three times as many games. Go back and look at some of the all-time great teams in college basketball, 2008-2009 UNC. That team lost four games. Even that 2011-2012 Kentucky team with Anthony Davis, they lost two games. You lose games in basketball. It, yeah. it is too difficult not to well, with the three-point line. Yeah, you play more. It's, it is it is a diff, totally different set of, of standards and what we value in terms of, oh, you know, this is a good regular season versus this in college football. So I just wanted to make sure that people aren't just doing the easy, dumb thing of looking at records and being like, well, Alabama lost two games in two years, so therefore they're automatically better than Florida. Like, no, that's no, not that's what not. we're basing this on. <laughs> Um, okay, let's Thank go God. down. Got a verse in your soul. You'd be awarded no points. Yeah. Well, a simple no would have done, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I didn't know slash forgot about until researching this. Um, one, common denominator between good old Saban and Billy Donovan is Bill Belichick. Had, I didn't know that. I, I forgot that Bill, that Bill Belichick, actually, if you go back and look at some of these games from Florida, was there in like the first few rows wearing a Florida visor. Uh, yeah, like went nuts for Florida. There's yeah, uh, he back was in wearing the hell out of that thing, and it probably looks really you, you look really good today, Bill. Back in back in 2014, he there's a Yahoo story about him when they were Florida was the one seed that year uh, with Patrick Young, who is gosh, I saw him in person a couple years ago, and that is a see massive. Media days. I didn't see it. Patrick Young at Media Days. He was there. So he was here at Media Days. One of my like my first year doing the full thing when they had Media Days here oh. in Atlanta, and I, I went out and did like an interview with him. And keep in mind, this is when I was in like <laughs> bless you. He's there. Whew. I was in like pretty good shape at the time. It's not like now where I've given up on everything. And I, I remember going up and saying something to him. And about like game shape, he's like, yeah, you could use it. And I was like, I was just kidding. I thought that was like, <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be like, no, you're great. Like he he is. I don't know how many years removed. This is 2018. So four he years removed. A rock. Like he, yeah. he's like a diesel human being, man. He's huge. I saw him. Uh, you know where I saw him? I saw him before the um, the LSU Florida game. That was the okay. swamp that I went to a couple years ago. And I saw him like I passed right by him walking in. You know it's him right away because nobody has arms like that. I mean that no. dude was he is straight up yoked. Uh, but yeah, that 2014 team with with Patrick Young. Uh, Bill Belichick was like going nuts for that Florida team. Like, there's a, a Yahoo oh, story a, about bet. him. No, 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 like, like he like jumped off like his seat and was like going crazy apparently for this team. I mean, full fan mode. That's how much he loves. Really? Bill See, True I, story. I when you say Bill Bill Belichick goes nuts, the only thing I can think of is like 
like one, uh, two things. So the only two things I can think of is like the 1980s, like like celebrations after like a sack when they just throw both hands awkwardly in the air, like like reverse <laughs> limpress, where they're like, yes, yes, and just like they're, they're everything is pointed Reggie and extended. White. Yeah, Reggie yeah. White, all time Every- arms in the air <laughs> after a sack guy. Yes, sink sink your chin as far down into your sternum as possible and lift your arms up. And the other one I can think of is just that you've seen Zootopia, right? No. Uh-uh. What the hell, Connor? Is this really? the next Hook? This is more important than Hook. You haven't seen Zootopia? You would love Zootopia. You and Lauren should watch that today. Zootopia, it's a child's movie, but it got like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is the content you came for. So Zootopia is fantastic. And there's a scene in it where they're like, they have a city and it's all animals, right? And they, and they I, I got that, yeah. Okay, so, so they go, most people don't, man. That's the thing. So they go to the DMV, and the DMV is run by sloths. And at one point, the thing he's like asking the question, he tells a joke, and the, and the guy's going, uh, uh, uh. And that's how the sloth was laughing. You have to see the movie. You're an idiot. I hate you. And then, so that's Bill Belichick, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yes, you're that's okay. Stuff. Go, okay. go All back. Right. I'm going this pod. Go. The other thing that I forgot about was the not the the two day run that Billy Donovan had with the Magic, which is pretty infamous, and him going back after the 2007 season where he spent two days as the Orlando Magic head coach, and it was. That was a thing, that. and it was happening. Uh, I remember that that pretty well, but I forgot about the speculation uh, about him bolting for Kentucky after 2007 as well. Um, Billy Donovan, e- even like after the championship, didn't full-on deny it. He said it, that there, there will be a time and a place to address that, which is his way of saying, like, hey, you know, you never know, because obviously he's still negotiating an extension, a raise, all those things at the time, but... Still, um, I mean, he had been in Kentucky for five years and as, as an assistant, Kentucky, you know, ultimately hires Billy Gillespie instead. And then after the Billy Gillespie experiment fails, what do they do? They apparently went after Billy Donovan again. Uh, there's rumors about to what extent that was. He turns down Kentucky again. They end up with Coach Cal. The irony, though, is that he left Florida in part because there was the NBA curiosity, yes, and we know that from his br- very brief time with the Magic. Yeah. But he got sick of recruiting against Kentucky, and that's uh, that's about as ironic as it gets. Yeah. But I don't think that I don't know. You know, in terms of the sliding doors, Cal, I think would have taken a big time job instead of Memphis. But who, whose career would you rather have, Donovan's or Cal's? For I'm not Cal at Kentucky. I'm not I think that's the question. That is like that is like the DBU answer. That is a trap. Suicide. That is like is this, whatever you say. Your your mentions are going to be full of hate, and you're going to be spurned forever. Um, sliding door. I, so I got to Google what that means. You said it three times in the past three pods. So moving on. Next thing. That's, Sli- that's like so the, the what if. Let's slide this door to the next. Right? Is that how? To, Zo- works? to Zootopia. There you go. <laughs> We're either talking about. Disney movies and Disney cartoons, or we're talking about Bama. That's it. I'm not doing anything else on this damn pod. <laughs> Day 24 of quarantine. I've had enough. All right. Let's get to our stances. Is this going to be yet another debate in which we agree on? There's no part of me that ever wants to agree with you on almost anything. and it. Whoa. I, I don't mean that. Um, yeah, I think this is. And and so it's, it's we, we honestly, this is and this is my fault. Like and I can admit that um, we should have done more time talking about this Florida team and how incredible it is. And let's do it right now. Going, oh, I just I was just saying it to be nice. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I, so I just remember that team was so special in so many ways. And it, I mean, the fact that they were able to win 
let me go pull it up. Hold on. The fact that they were able to win against that 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 final four was it two thousand six? The final four where all four number one teams made it. No, that was two thousand eight. Oh. That was two thousand eight with Memphis and Kansas as well. We were talking about that. I think we talked about that like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was. Florida was in uh, a Final Four in 2006 that they got to face George Mason in oh, the semifinal yeah. game. Was it George Mason or was it UAB that threw the ball over their head like the full length of the court and then hit somebody like perfectly in stride for a – they beat Kentucky, didn't they? Or that was UAB. They beat UConn. They beat that UConn, UConn team with Rudy Gay. That was a massive oh, yeah. upset with Jim Laranega back in the day. Yeah. I'm mixing up a lot of things. But anyway. It's a, it's a murky area. I get that for you. So they play – they play like that, that UCLA team. I just remember that UCLA team having Russell Westbrook and having um, – what do you call it? Having Kevin Love and just how good they really were. And it was it was just amazing to me that this team was able to get, like, and then Greg Oden and Thad Mata. Thad Mata, I don't understand how he doesn't have a job, first off. But, like, the fact that they were so good, that those teams were so good, going on a stretch where you are able to beat that amount of talent from, whether you look at it from a, what's the best way to put it? it when you beat that amount of talent, like, in that short amount of time in a, in a, in a tournament like you do for March Madness, it makes it so much more difficult, in my opinion. And and don't get me wrong, trying to trying to go through a football season and and win and and then like you know having having a game like if you lose by three points or you lose by to Johnny Manziel, people forget that 2012 team. I forgot how good that defense was. They led the country in three of the of the four major categories. Having to navigate through an SEC schedule like that is very very difficult. Having to navigate through an SEC basketball schedule, then an SEC basketball tournament, and then a national tournament is way more difficult in my mind. So just just the sport alone, I think, is more difficult. But what Florida did was by far more impressive. Do you want me to make you feel really bad right about now? Yeah, that's fine. Kevin Love, that team, Russell Westbrook, how's a year later? That was a year later. Yeah. 2008? They against, yeah. They didn't play against Son the of Florida a... team. So that, yeah. was, that, was, that was the... It was, it was 2006, Jordan Farmar... Uh, they had uh, Aaron Aflalo back in the day. Um, Did Luke they have Richard, who was the fast Bob guy, Mute. number two? Collison. Was that Collison or was he in 2008? Uh, Collison was, I believe, was also 2008. What the yeah. hell? Or these... 2008. I drank way too um, much in college. So, oh yeah, uh, Richard Bamute. Yeah, he was a junior in 2008. Well, I'm glad I weighed okay. in on this. I guess now <laughs> that I'm wrong about everything, I could say that maybe Bama was tougher. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I agree with you. And... I wanted to let let you know let the the data let the numbers let something kind of sway me other than my sentimental attachment to this team which yeah. is strong. I I love this team so much just because there were so many times in which they could have probably splintered during that repeat year if any of these three things happen where you have Corey Brewer all of a sudden worried about his dad's situation, yeah. all the pressure on him, you know, to be able to make money in the draft and improve his draft stock. If he all of a sudden plays a little bit tighter, or if Noah is like, hey, you know, Horford is all of a sudden getting a lot more shine and he really improved and made this next step, and I'm getting jealous, or like Tareen Green or Lee Humphrey, they start taking a bunch of shots just because they want to get in the spotlight and it's yeah. an obvious big three on this team. If any of those things happen, this team doesn't Dude, win a Noah national championship. Noah cracks from all the stuff that he had to go through on the road. He just took it. He just took it. And, like, I, I'm I'm sure it was really, really difficult at times, but they never let it get to, to that team and what they were ultimately trying to accomplish, which right. is super, super difficult. And the rarity of repeating is something that needs to be brought up with this debate because I wanted to find the previous, how a national championship fared 
the next season. I wanted to find that in both sports in the 21st century. So I went back and I found in college football, how many national champions the following year finished in the top four of the AP? Yeah. 11 of 20 in the 21st century. Wow. That's a lot. That's 55%. Yeah, Seven of those teams played for a national championship as well. So like a third of them played okay. for a national championship the following year. In college basketball, those 20 teams in the 21st century, the following year, how many of them made it to a Final Four? Two. Know. Two. That's it. 2001 Michigan State, 2007 Florida. How That's many played? Nuts. How many played for a national championship? One, 2007 right. Florida. That's that, it. That's 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 the whole argument right there, yeah. in my opinion. And, and I think that's not to take away from any of the incredibleness that comes from this whole story, but you're right. Go ahead. Go. Meanwhile, so 2008 Florida, 2010 UNC, uh, 2013 Kentucky, 2015 UConn, they missed the NCAA tournament altogether the year after winning a national championship, which shows you... There are twice as many teams who won a national championship and then missed the NCAA tournament altogether than teams who made the Final Four after a year in which they won the national championship. So in other words, you are more likely to miss the NCAA tournament the following year after winning a title than you are to make it to the Final Four, which they is incredible. COVID. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's a couple. A couple of the things that I, I think need, need to be brought up with this as well, although I thought that was the key point yeah, to bring up. Um, in college basketball, obviously, if anybody gets good in the NCAA tournament, even <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo at Villanova, you can get good and then just leave for the NBA. Like yeah. that's that's just what you do. Even with the one and done era, yeah, you can still get really good and have an unbelievable tournament, leave for the NBA. And teams, it, it is so difficult to be able to repeat and do this. That's why it took these guys coming back in order to make something like that happen. Right. Whereas in college football, we're now getting to a point where there are more underclassmen than ever who are really shining and, and taking over. We've talked about seven of the last 13 Heisman winners were sophomores, whereas mm -hmm. 2007, we hadn't had a Heisman winner up until that point, up until Tebow had won it. And that just kind of speaks to the nature of the sport. And now it's more, much more of underclassmen can have success. But it's still the same rule. It's yeah. still three years in college football, and then you can leave for the NFL. So that's part of it. And this is one that might might get you a little bit fired up. But you you said this last week, so I wanted to bring it up as well. God, there's debate about Alabama and whether or not it was the best team in college football, at least in 2012. You yourself said at the end of that year, A uh and -huh. M was the best team in the country. They would have won the national championship at the end of the season. So that's that's the thing that, you know, with, with college basketball, obviously, when you have to go through an NCAA tournament where you got to win six straight, to do that consecutive years is super, super difficult. And in college football, you sort of get to bypass, you know, Alabama was, was very fortunate to have a system in which, do, could Alabama still have won a national championship with a playoff that year, all those things? Absolutely. Right. But Alabama, even in 2011, didn't have to play in a conference championship, didn't have to play in any sort of playoff or anything like that. Last regular season game, then the national championship. That's true. That in itself is is worth bringing up. So, and then you could even say like, yeah, 2011, you know, Alabama even got to have the two-month break between the LSU game where you have the best coach on the planet to be able right. to make those adjustments after already having seen this LSU team beating a team like Alabama twice, really difficult thing to do. But I'll still say three or four more impressive than Florida's repeat. Well, I will give I'll give you that. Three or four definitely is. Definitely is. 
This was good though. I'm hoping that people this this entertain you in a different way, in a in a way with like a debate that you haven't necessarily seen before. Maybe right. maybe you've brought it up with your friends. I I don't know. Maybe you uh, will bring unique. it up with your friends. It's unique. It's unique. I agree. And it was it was a good, it was a good like I'll say so I mean we were on the same page with yet another one which is crazy because of the amount we disagree. The fact that we agree on this one is is pretty impressive. Um I'll say that you you should win this debate because of the simple fact oh. the argument you brought up about that that Florida team and like and like the how difficult it is to go back the year after that's an incredible stat that's just an absolutely incredible stat and I'll tell you what another thing just from just from looking at the 2007 season and I don't think you brought it up if you did I wasn't listening but <laughs> there it is when you brought up when you brought up like I, I, I know I saw it in the notes. That's why I was going to bring it up. Is the fact that you have those three? They have three losses in the 2007 season. They have three losses in the month of February in their last five games. They lose three of four at one point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All on the road, but all two unranked teams that weren't really that good, and they were all by double digits. To to have the turnaround and the ability to have that turnaround and be like, hey, we're good. We're going to piece it together. We're we're still going to be fine. And come back and win those games. That's that's wildly impressive. So. Basketball is not an easy sport to do that. No. There's a reason that we have not seen a repeat national champion. I mean, it is it is so, so difficult. And I, I, I don't know who's going to be the next team to do three of four in football because Clemson, I, the, the opportunity was there, but yeah. LSU was a historically great team. And chances are, if you go to that many national championships, you're going to run into something that's just better than you. And that just yeah. has, you, has you figured out. USC saw that with Vince Young. There is a reason that it is so difficult to do. I don't know who the next program to win three of four will be. Any guess? I'm not gonna do this with you right now. What about Notre Dame? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that like it just it just still cracks me to this day when people are like, man, like Bama should have never even been in there. Like, no, Notre Dame shouldn't have been in there. Notre Dame was a, I'll say it, they were a <laughs> team that year. Will? <laughs> What was that? Fifty-seven minutes. Fifty-seven thirty. What about LSU? Could LSU win three or four with what they've just what they what they've just started? I'm not saying that they're going to win it all this year. This could be like what Bama had with 2010. Even though this isn't necessarily like Al, this isn't going to be LSU's most talented team or anything right. like that. But could they theoretically, with the recruiting that they have right now and the momentum that this program has, win three or four? Eh. LSU has a better chance of doing it than I think Bama does right now. I'll say that. Okay. About. There you go. Um, but here's what here's why it won't happen. When you look at those teams, those three or four teams, from from Bama in 2009 to 2012. First off, AJ McCarron was the backup quarterback from that 2019, even as a redshirt. And people say, no, Star Jackson was a thing. He was a thing. You're right. However, AJ, even though it was his redshirt year in 2009, it was already said at the end of the season that Coach Saban said, if if it if, like you know, worst came to worst. We were prepared to bring AJ in off the bench, burn his red shirt, and he was going to be the quarterback. Like that. I mean, McElroy completed six passes in the national championship game. They were able to run over Texas. I know that McCoy was out, whatever. But the thing that people don't understand from that that team, and, and Bama fans don't understand, of why things haven't been as dominant since then. You had Kirby Smart as your defensive coordinator all four of those years. You also had Jim McElwain as your offensive coordinator for, I believe, at least three, if not all four of those years. So you have that kind of continuity, you have that kind of hunger, and you also have that kind of ability to bring in top, like top-notch recruiting classes. That's what made the difference. LSU, what they did last year was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, especially on offense, ever in college football. 
Joe Brady's gone. Dave Aranda's gone. Joe Burrow's gone. You don't lose both coordinators and a number one overall draft pick and then literally 80, I'm sorry, 72% or 74% of your overall productivity because they're ranked 127th in the country or 128th in the country in terms of returning productivity. They'll, they'll see. It's fine. I mean, did SB Nation put that together? That uh, so it's not SB Nation anymore. He's at ESPN. Bill Connolly. Oh, Bill Connolly. Yeah. That's right. He's at ESPN. So he already together. put it together. They're 128th Ooh. in the country in returning production. So and, and, and none of this to say that LSU isn't going to be able to. They could. They could go back in and do. They. But I'm telling you, they won't because of what I just said. Like think about. Like it, it says so much at how great that team was last year. But you lose so much of that. And I get there's talent coming in. Don't tell me that Eric Gilbert and and John Emery are gonna just take you to the promised land or Miles Brennan. Derek Stingley. You want you want me to get Jamar back Chase to doing Mike. this? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. I just want I just want to see what, what your thoughts were that, what what your thoughts were on, on that subject because th- this is something that you know maybe we'll be talking about a few years down the road. Let's just hopefully get to a place where we're talking about actual football games being played upcoming, Dude, and there's no doubt about, the about Masters. that. Hey, I, I don't know what the Masters are trying to do, stepping on football's toes. Whatever. Oh, don't even start. Like, <laughs> dude, you know, like if, if they, if effing Gus Malzahn wouldn't have moved that stupid game, can you imagine how happy I would be to have the Masters and Auburn, Georgia in the same week? No. You'd be way more giddy than usual. You wouldn't need your usual six shots of espresso. <laughs> somebody, somebody brought up on Twitter today, they said, so you're telling me they're they're possibly gonna have the Masters on the same week as Georgia Tennessee? Do you have any idea what that does to people in Georgia? Hold on, do you have any idea what that ha- does to people in Georgia? Why don't y'all just have an Outcast concert at a Waffle House the same day? I was just like, <laughs> Let's go! All right, that's enough. On that on that fine note, uh, not sure yet what we're going to be doing for debates on South next week. We don't have, and it just mean it just meant more yet for this, this week. This is the last we? podcast we're ever gonna do. So you guys hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. It's going to be a surprise. Um, we'll, it'll be really good. We're going to talk about that. A lot of good that. reviews from the, uh, the year. The year yeah, end. appreciate that. Like Any, that. Anybody, if you haven't yet, uh, go back and listen to the It Just Meant More that we did on the 2014 season. Really appreciate all the feedback. If you want to even give us a five-star review, I'm we, not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop We got a new you. review, but I didn't check it because I was scared. Oh, we did? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we'll check that another time. Um, but yes, we will be coming back with adjustment more. We're back on a usual schedule. We'll have casual Friday as well. Marler, Nick Saban, Billy Donovan, Bill Belichick. What do we need to remember? I'm broke as shit. <laughs> I can't eat too much, guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs>